What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great and having an incredible weekend. Uh, if you are new to Grace Church or this is your first time, we're so glad that you're here. My name is Aaron Olinsky. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace, and we just appreciate your willingness to come check out a church uh, that meets in a movie theater. I hope you feel God's presence. I hope you've felt welcomed while you've been here. And you came at a really interesting time because we're actually wrapping up a series. Uh, this is week four of a series that we're calling Fresh Air. Because uh, when you think about fresh air, we love fresh air, don't we? Like in the springtime, a cool breeze, or if you're at the beach, like the, the ocean breeze, there's just some, something amazing about fresh air in our life. And so in week one, we talked about the aspect of how we actually get to choose to have fresh air in our life. Uh, that's actually a decision we get to make to say, hey, you know what? I'm, I want that life. I want that encouragement. I want to breathe in God and who he is. And so we are the ones that kind of determine our direction and how we go about that. And then in week two, we talked about our attitude, uh, where we get to decide what our attitude is going to be. We can say, hey, I want to have a fresh air type attitude with everybody around me, with my spouse, with my roommate, with my kids, with my boss that maybe I don't like so much, but I can have like fresh air. I can be uplifted in my spirit and in my attitude and the way that I respond to everyone regardless of the situation that I'm in. And then last week, Pastor Nicole did an awesome job on Mother's Day talking about rest. Uh, Not only just that moms need rest, but every single person, often in our life, we get wrapped up with this busyness We fill our calendar full of stuff, and we think that our full calendar gives us value and importance, but actually, it's depleting us of life. Uh, It's depleting us of the fresh air that only God can give us. And so we talked about boundaries and and things that we need to remove and and things that we need to implement and change. And and so if you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to listen to that podcast uh, and and just to to hear what what the Lord was talking about, just boundaries. And, And so we had a a verse, a theme verse that we've been using every single week, uh, and it's about our choice for fresh air and for life. And this is Deuteronomy chapter 30 in verse 19. It says, today that I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses, now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make, all that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might Live And so the, the, the author is just imploring us, hey, choose life. You have this amazing opportunity. And I would do the same thing as your pastor, just say, we have this you know, opportunity, A or B, and so we can choose the one that gives us life, the one that the Lord is directing us in. And so we need to recognize that as we move about those choices, the ones that give us fresh air you know, are from the Lord. And so uh, I just also want to wrap up this series in this week four. And today, I want to talk about the source of the fresh air. Because it, it's fun to talk about fresh air, right? We've used different analogies. Like one of the analogies that we've used uh, is like a, a, a ship that's out at sea, a, a sailboat. And so the fresh air is, is what fills up the, the sails. And I know for me, like I have a poster of a, a sailboat in my office. And it just re- it, it, it's a symbol for me that the church is like a big sailboat. There's, there's 26 sails uh, on this sailboat. It's a huge, huge boat. And so to me, it's, you know, Jesus is leading and he's driving. And every single one of us, we have a specific role, a sail that we're responsible for, a rope that needs to be tightened or something that, that is significant. And so, but the source, the source of the air that fills the sail that is the breath of heaven. And, and it is the third person of the Trinity. And that's what I want to focus on for the next 30 minutes. Because if we were honest, if we were to reflect on the Trinity, 
and I know I get the opportunity to talk to different people about it at different times, oftentimes we're good with the Father. We're like, I'm good with God. Like, God is the Father. He's my dad. Like, I get it. I understand the, you know, the, the fatherly role. And then, like, we, we recognize Jesus, and we go, yep, Jesus is the Messiah. He's God's one and only Son. He died on the cross, and he rose again. Like, I get Jesus. I understand that. But when you get to the third person of the Trinity, oftentimes people go, now, how, like, how, what? It is the Holy Spirit. Like, what does that look like? And, and so in this idea of fresh air, the Holy Spirit is our source of that air. And so we need to bring in, you know, this understanding of the Holy Spirit because many of us, we just, we just don't get it. Like, we don't understand it. And because we don't understand it all, it makes us a little bit afraid. Sometimes because of the unknown, we're afraid of that. Or we've seen or experienced other things and that makes us nervous. And so we're automatically cautious. And so maybe one of those connect with you. But if you are one of those people that when, when I talk about the Holy Spirit, if you go, ooh, like, bro, like, I'm good with God. I'm good with Jesus. But mm, like not, if you're one of those people, I would ask why. Why do you feel that way? And so there probably are some things that you can pinpoint and identify. And so we're going to talk through that a little bit. Hopefully, I'll hit on one of the things that you've just thought of, uh, but I, right out of the gate, I want to talk about the aspect of just the literal translation of the description of what we call the Holy Spirit, because the Bible was written in, in two different languages. So the, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, right? You have the Jews, the Hebrews, the, the, the Israelites, they wrote the Old Testament in, in Hebrew, and then the New Testament was written in Greek, right? Because during that time, you know, every, the la- Greek w- was the language in that, in that area of, of the world, and that was used, so you have those two languages. Well, uh, the Bible that you and I read, you know, if English is your first language, is English, Right, so and I, I even call it Americanese because we have certain words that we use as Americans that mean certain things. Well, when you take something from Hebrew and Greek and you begin to translate it into American, what happened is over those centuries, the 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 words that you use to describe certain things are different. Like that, you you didn't find a great word because back back in like the translation times. The English word that they use to describe the third person of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. And so I don't know about you, but ghosts can be scary. Like, and so when you say it's the Holy Ghost, you go, whoa, whoa, time out. Is it a good ghost or is it a bad ghost? Because, you know, so you start to wonder, all right, is a spirit, even when you say something's a spirit, you go, hmm, like, you kind of like weird spirit thing or, you know, so all of a sudden, like we be, like our mind begins to run and wander and we just don't have this understanding. And the reason that is, is because the translators just didn't have a great word. They did not have a great word to say, here's the word that we're going to use that describes the third person of the Trinity. And so just more literally, when you look at the Hebrew definition and the understanding of the word, when it talks about what you and I know as the Holy Spirit, because that's the best word that they could come up with, it's literally, it talks about wind. Not just a wind, but it's like a powerful wind, like a blast of breath. And so it's literally God's breath that he's blasting out and breathing out. And that's what you and I know as the Holy Spirit. But how do you describe that? Like, what, what does that look like? So, you know, I brought up a fan. And so if I were to, to turn this fan on, the fan would be blowing. Like, you could feel the wind. And so what that is, is that's 
what you and I describe as, as the spirit. So the thing that's interesting is it's not a spirit, it's not a ghost, it's not scary. It's the third person of the Trinity and, and how God relates with us and connects with us. And so it's amazing, it's significant. But there just wasn't a great word to describe it. So sometimes people you know, get, get concerned about certain words. And so let me read to you the first instance where the spirit is revealed. And this is at the very beginning of scripture. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. It says, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the, what you and I know as spirit of God, the, the breath, the wind, like God breathes out, he exhales and, and breathes with covering the surface of the waters. And so when we think about this, when we understand it, it literally is the breath of God is, as he spoke out that brought creation to the earth as we know it. And so there is significant power in the breath of God, in the wind of the Spirit. And so it has the power to create. Uh, It also has the power to liberate you and I. Uh, Just amazing to understand where literally, where we are, the breath, the wind of God can launch us on this trajectory significantly forward in our life. Like farther beyond than what we thought. Like so if we're in a certain situation, the breath of God can, can launch us forward to experience the way that, that we need to, need to experience him in our life. And so you have aspects where you know, the, the, the spirit is revealed in the Old Testament. And then you have uh, in the New Testament as well, like it talks about the, the, the word is pneuma. So it's the, just the breath, the breath, the strong wind of God. And so Jesus talked about this in John chapter 6, verse 63. It says the, the spirit or the breath, the wind of God, it, it alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing, and the very words that I have spoken to you are the spirit, our spirit and life. And so we've been talking about wind in our sails. I don't know if you've been on a sailboat before, but if you've been out, you know, in the ocean or sailing and there's no wind, like that's not fun. That's not just a great time. And so, you you know, in your life, if you were to describe certain phases or certain seasons that you've gone through, maybe you just have felt like a sailboat out at sea with no wind. And so it says like very clearly that, that only God can push this forward. Only God can, can launch, you know, fill up those sails that pushes this sailboat, you know, across the waters. Only God can do that. And I love this because our efforts to try and do that are so futile. I mean, so imagine yourself out on a sailboat at sea there's no wind. The, sa- the sails are just you know, flapping because there's no wind. And you stand on the deck of the boat and you start going, <sighs> you start trying to blow like, and fill those. It would, it would be silly, right? And that's exactly what this verse is talking about. Like our efforts are so futile and feeble. But when God comes and, and sweeps across the, the surface of the waters with this amazing strong wind, <sighs> The sail fills up and the boat begins to move, sometimes at a very fast pace. And it just is amazing when we understand that. And so the word of God, it, it, it encompasses and, and it's filled with this wind of the Holy Spirit. But it's just, it's difficult to describe the Holy Spirit, like, isn't it? I mean, let me give you another example. If I were to ask you to describe the wind outside, but you couldn't take the person that you were describing it to outside. How would you describe wind? 
you would go, well, uh, it moves and you can feel it, but you can't see it. But you can see the effects of it because it blows the branches and leaves and they kind of like dance. And that person would look at you and think, you're crazy. Like, you are like, what? It, you can't see it and it moves? Like, that does not. Somebody outside. And to feel the way to describe the wind outside is to take somebody outside and to feel the breeze on, you know, of the summer and to see the leaves, you know, moving. And, and, and like, that's how we experience it. And so just when you talk about the spirit, you know, and the wind and the breath of God, just the first thing I want to share with you is that wind is unseen. We see the effects of the, of the wind but, and we see the effects of the Holy Spirit, but, but the Holy Spirit is unseen. And this is a problem for some people. It just, it may be a problem for some of you. Like some of us are very little and we're very literal and we're very organized and, and we've got to see it. We've got to feel it. We've got to touch it. We've got to experience it for ourselves. We have to come up with some definition or some theory that, that makes sense to us. And so for some of us, we're just that way. And like God did not intend that we would be able to describe him. Uh, he just, that's what makes him God. He's indescribable. There's certain attributes about him that, we, that just don't make sense to us because we're human and he's God, so we can't describe certain parts. And sometimes you just have to experience it for yourself. Isn't that true? We've said that to other people. You just have to see. You just have to experience it. And I would say the same thing is true about the Holy Spirit. And I'm talking about the presence of God, the literal manifest presence of God. When he shows up and he pours out and you feel it, you experience it for yourself. Many of you, you've experienced this before. Maybe even you know, in this, as part of this worship service or another time you were singing songs to God. You were worshiping him. You, you, you were just expressing your joy, your love, your adoration. You're, you're just honoring him with a song, with lyrics, and you kind of felt something significant. You felt the presence of God. Maybe it's reading scripture. Maybe you're reading the Bible, and you've been reading through certain things, and all of a sudden you come to this you know, scripture verse, and it just kind of, just kind of lightens your day up. It just, just exposes something new and amazing, and just it comes alive. And it breathes into you just this life and this love, and you feel the overwhelming presence of God in reading that scripture. Maybe... It was when you were sitting with a loved one and their days and hours and moments to be alive were coming to an end and they were getting ready to pass. And they knew Jesus and you knew that they knew Jesus. And in that moment, there just was this incredible supernatural peace and God's presence. And you sat there and you experienced God in the midst of their death and their ultimate life, new life in Christ. So I, I don't know where, when, you know, you've experienced that, but it's, it's probable that you've ex, you felt the Holy Spirit. You felt uplifted. You felt emboldened to do something that was beyond yourself. You just had this incredible amount of faith and desire to do something amazing. And so what that is, is that's the presence of God, His Spirit. It connects with our spirit. And it's this amazing thing that takes place. And, and so I would bet that most of you have experienced at least one second of that. Like at least one second, one time in your life, if you were to think back and go, yep, like I remember, you know, this and then, maybe it was this morning, maybe last week or years ago, but one, at least one second. And if you haven't experienced that one second, I would pray that you do. Because here's the deal. 
that one second is life-altering. One second of God's presence pouring out on us where we get to experience it, feel it, taste it, it just in a tangible way, it changes us. Uh, it literally changes our life. It changes our trajectory. It's that breath that launches us forward that we never thought was possible. That when we're stagnant and stuck in the mud, it pulls us up and pushes us out that we, we didn't think was possible. And if you've never experienced that, I'm, like, I'm praying that you would. Like I'm praying that you would feel even just one second because I want that for you. I truly want you to, to feel that. Uh, it says in John chapter 20, verse 29, Jesus told them, he said, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. So when you talk about the wind being unseen, the Holy Spirit being unseen, Jesus was saying, hey, you guys got to, we got, they got to see Jesus walk around. I mean, how cool is that? So you and I, we're blessed. For those of us that have put our faith in Christ and, and experiencing the Holy Spirit, we're blessed. Like Jesus speaks that over us because we did it without seeing. And there's a level of belief in that and faith. And so that, that takes something inside of us. And that is the Holy Spirit that gives us that. It's amazing. Um, so the wind is unseen. The Spirit's unseen. And then the second thing is he's unpredictable as well. Uh, wind is unpredictable. Uh, it's kind of like the summer weather in Florida. Uh, is it going to rain today? Uh, probably, maybe. It might rain on this side of the street, but it might not rain on that side of the street. Which sidewalk are you going to be walking on? Because it'll, it'll rain on that one, but it won't rain on this one. So there's just this unpredictability about the summer weather in Florida. And God is the same way. Unpredictable. You, you can't determine for him what he's going to do and how. And some people struggle with this. right? Some of, some of us struggle in, in a real way. Because we want God to be orderly, right? We, we want God to follow these certain steps and, and, and the way that it makes sense to us and the way that we want it to happen. And if we're honest, we want to control God to determine how he does what in our life. In John chapter 3, verse 8, it says that the wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so... You can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. And so that is our spirit in the way that God designed us. Body, mind, soul, spirit. Our spirit connects with his. We can't determine it. He's unpredictable. Uh, let, let me give you a couple of examples in Scripture that are very unique, right? Because we want order. We want God to do something the same way that he did it before. And you did it that way last time, so just go ahead and do that again. You did this for them, so I want you to do that for me. Uh, that, that would be great, God. And so here's a couple of very, very unique stories in Scripture. One uh, is in Exodus chapter 3, right? You have Moses, the calling of Moses, where God speaks out to Moses through a bush that is burning and on fire, but not being consumed by the fire. Try and explain that to somebody. And all of a sudden, right, God shows up. Moses is there. He's hanging out. And, and I can just see God up in heaven. He's like, watch this. Like, oh, watch this, guys. This is going to be awesome. And so he, he, he lights this bush on fire, and Moses is there, and Moses is going, oh, my gosh. Like, he's, just, he's inquisitive. He's curious. How is that bush not being burned? Moses begins to walk towards it, and God says, whoa, 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 stop right there. Take your sandals off. This is holy ground. And all of a sudden, Moses goes, whoa, the bush is talking to me. I mean, can you imagine? Describe that to somebody. Try it. I mean, and, and, and there in that moment, God speaks to Moses about his calling. I'm sending you to liberate the Israelites from the Egyptian slavery. And Moses is going, what? I mean, 
God, it would be great if you could light a bush on fire and tell me what I'm supposed to do too, right? I mean, no, God did that once. Like for that guy and his story, and then just uh, there's plenty of examples throughout Scripture. Like just one, just uh, about Jesus, right? Jesus is incredible, God's son. He does signs, wonders, miracles, teaching people all the time, laying hands on the sick, and all of the sick are healed, right? He's laying hands on them, just faith, miracles, incredible. And then a, a blind guy, a blind guy comes up, and he's healed blind guys before. Hey, let me put my hands on you. You're gonna, your sight's gonna be restored. Well, this one blind guy. You know, his buddy's with him. Hey, and you need you to, I need you to heal my, my blind buddy. And, and so Jesus is like, okay. You know, they're like, hey, Jesus, why don't you just kind of put your hands on him, you know, like, like you do, and like sprinkle the pixie, pixie dust and, you know, just kind of do your thing, your magical dust, and, and, and we'll be good. And Jesus is like, nah, like, I'm not going to do it that way this time. And everybody's going like, what do you mean? Like, come on, like this guy's blind, you want to heal him. And so Jesus is like, I want to do something different. And so he's like, I want to put mud in his eyeballs, what? Like, are you kidding? No, I just, I don't even want to just put mud, but I'm going to spit in the ground and make a spitball and I'm going to jam it in your eyes. So, and then when you go wash it off, then you'll be able to see what? Like, why in the world would you do that? I mean, come on people. Let's be honest. Like that's a little bit crazy. It's a little bit different because we want it the same way every time. No, you don't need to do that. Like that's gross. Like, come on. Like what? Just do it the way you normally did. No. He's not into that. He's not going to be predictable. He's going to do different things, different ways. We're the ones that want him to do it the same way every time because of our human nature. I mean, come on, right? That's why you order the same meal at the same restaurant that you go to because you're afraid of trying something else because what if it's not good? Why do you sit in the same seat this morning that you sat in last week because that's your seat in church? Like, are you kidding me? Like, what? we do that. Human nature. So... If you are one of those people and you want to control God, he is going to mess you up bad. If he hasn't already, he's going to. And you need to be aware that he, he is not predictable in any form or fashion because he also is number three and he is powerful. So significant. I hope that you're able to grab a hold of his power because this is what he wants to give to us today in this moment. Like when you talk about the wind filling a sail and moving a vessel that is 10, 20, 30 tons of steel, and the wind is powerful enough to move it across the water at 10, 12 knots. Like, are you kidding me? That's an, it's an incredible amount of force. Wind is able to destroy cities with hurricanes and tornadoes. I mean, wind just blowing, it's powerful. And so then you begin to talk about God and who he is, not literal wind that the breeze that's outside that moves the trees, but the wind of God, his breath that is so powerful it brings creation and can move mountains. And so God, the God that we serve, the one true living God is powerful, so powerful. And I want that. I want that in my life. And I want that for you in your life where we don't have to be feeble or, or feel weak. or like We literally can experience God's power and significance. And, and so his power goes beyond natural means. And that's where you get the supernatural. That's where you get the, the spit mud that goes on the, the person's eyes. They wash it off their heel. It's supernatural. It doesn't make sense at all. But it's limitless in its power and, and, and just exponentially beyond what we could ever comprehend. And we just we begin to run into problems 
when we try and, you know, box God in and we try and understand it all. We try and make it, you know, fit in our brain. And honestly, that's exactly what the devil wants us to do. Uh, if, I, if, if we're talking about God and we're talking about spiritual things, then I want to talk a little bit about God and, and, and Satan as well because God is limitless. If I say that, like God's love for you is unconditional. You would go, yes. But what the devil wants is he wants us to limit it. So he wants us to, well, you know, I have to be able to understand God and put it in my brain and, and come up with words that describe it. That's exactly what he wants. Why? Like why would the devil want that? Because when you talk about there's good versus evil, Right? We're aware of that. There's God versus Satan. We win, by the way. Like, I'm, I'm a winner. Like, I'm all about the dub. And so, but the devil wants us to shrink God down to the way that we can comprehend it and describe it and come up with some type of theory and explanation. Because when we do that, we're now being reliant upon our own strength. We're being reliant upon our own ability and capability and measure to understand a God that was meant to be limitless. So we're looking to our own strength, not God's. And that's exactly what the devil wants. I mean, think about it. What if we decided, we came up with this idea that God loves us so much and he empowers us with his Holy Spirit that we could actually do anything? The devil wants to go, oh, no, you can't. You, you can't do anything. I mean, come on. You're not God. Like, I, I, you remember the things that you did before, the, the, the things that you've done? Like, you, you're not, you can't really do it. That's exactly what he speaks to us. And so we need more than just human ability for the things that we face, don't we? I mean, the struggles in life, the difficulties, with the, the times, the seasons we're going, God, only you can do this. God, God, I need your help. I can't, like, we need that. And so I just want to, like, pastor you for a moment. Stop limiting God. Stop boxing him into your own capability to understand and describe it. You are, you are totally handcuffing him, and you're missing out big time on what he offers. Uh, Joyce Meyer gave a quote one time. She said that God's word is stronger than anything that has ever been said to us. And so God's word is stronger, more powerful, more significant than anything that's ever been said to us. Anything that we could come up with that we think is smart or intelligent or will make us look intelligent, God's word is way bigger, way stronger than that. And so right now, you, you might be wondering, okay, like I get it, fresh air, Holy Spirit, I've done a few of those things. I, I, so how do I get it? Like, how do I get it? You can't buy it at the store. It doesn't work that way. Here's how it works. In Acts chapter 1, verse 5, Jesus was teaching, and he said, John baptized with water. But in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? So what, if we could pause just for a moment. So what happens is the, the disciples, they were getting distracted. Jesus goes, you're going to get baptized with power in the Holy Spirit. And they go, so the Israelites are going to get freed and we're going to get liberated from the Romans and, and we'll have our, our, our nation back. Like, you're going to do that, right, for us, Jesus? And Jesus is going, whoa, 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 come on, guys. Like, and here's what he says. The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they're not for you to know. But, and he goes back. He's like, hey, let's get back on track. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria, 
and to the ends of the earth. So basically he's saying, regardless if you feel like our nation is taken over by another and you feel oppressed, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit that will enable you to work through that, and I'm going to do something bigger and far beyond that you ever thought was possible, so I want to do that through you. And he, he gives them some tangible locations, and then he says something that just kind of blows their mind, and to the ends of the earth. Like, and so he was trying to get them to the place, he's like, it's limitless, Stop boxing me and stop thinking about just our nation. Yes, God loves Israel and who they are, but I'm, I came to save the whole world. That's what he's declaring. I came for all humanity. And so I need you to, to get this and understand this. And so I want to tell you, like as Grace Church, and for those of you that are here, powerful. this is life. We can have this. This is powerful. This is life-altering for you and I. And so he, the Holy Spirit, The breath of God, the wind, is the fresh air. That's the source that we can experience. And here's why I tell you all this. I believe that we can read the Bible and not experience God. Like, I believe that that if somebody just said, yep, I'm going to read the Bible, and and they attempted to just read his history and just stuff and just to kind of get through it, and because they had already decided they're not going to experience God in it, they could do that. I believe that we can pray without the breath of the Holy Spirit. I believe that you and I can just get mundane in our prayers and pray for certain things and just kind of cruise through it and be like, yeah, I pray, whatever, and and kind of blow it off and kind of roll through it and, and not experience any power in that. And so let me tell you how to avoid that. Let me tell you how, how to experience. So the first, you know, the, the, the fourth thing I want to share just in, in the points, like I want, I want us to let go of our fears and misconceptions. Because some of us have them, like we're afraid. We, we have a misunderstanding. And, and I've been in churches before where the Holy Spirit is limited. Okay, I've been in churches before where the Holy Spirit is boxed in like significantly. Where they'll talk about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like they'll like whisper Holy Spirit. Like they just kind of like, oh God, Father, and Holy Spirit. It's like they'll believe it. But man, you're not experiencing it. You're not, you're not, he's not prevalent in that church. And, and what happens is, unfortunately, that church that God had designed to be, you know, the, 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 his, his word going out to the community and to all people ends up powerless. And that's not what he wants. And so I would encourage us to focus on what the Bible says, right? To focus on God's word and how he communicates it. And we need to let go of traditions, uh, we need to let go of certain traditions that are boxing God in. We need to let go of, of fear, and we need to let go of control. In Psalm 34.4, it says, I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. So whatever fear you have of the Holy Spirit, like, can you imagine praying and God answers you? He does that. He answers us, and he's eradicating all the fear that we ever experience. So we need to do that, right? Let go of all of our fear and all of our misconceptions. And then I would say we need to do the next thing, and that's to go all in, okay? I love this phrase. This is one of our core values uh, here at Grace Church, to go all in. And, and, and so this is so important. What, let, let me give you just kind of a, a, a visual to, to help you understand going all in. Uh, we have a slide 
uh, in our backyard that, uh, that goes into the pool, and it like goes down, and then it makes kind of a 90-degree turn. And here's the deal. You can't stop halfway down this slide. Like, it's impossible because the water's going, and it's moving, and it's so slick, and you're wet because you've been in the pool, and you try and go down. Like, you can try and stick your arms and legs out, but I'm not kidding you. Your arms will rip off Like because you're going down the slide, and you're going into the pool. You can't stop halfway. Like, you just can't. Like, and, and so that's a great way to understand it. We just, we go all in. Like, you can't jump halfway into a pool. It's impossible. You can't go, oh, like, I'm, like, there's no way. It's impossible to do. And so I just want to encourage you to go all in. So in order for us to have a relationship with God at this level that I'm talking about, he requires us to go all in. And it says in Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, not half, whole, all, all in, you will find me. You will splash in the pool as you go down the slide and and land in the water. And so I would say that Christianity, uh, for those of us that follow after Jesus, uh, it's for radicals. Christianity is for radicals. Uh, We should be fanatical about Jesus where you, you've, your, your life has been altered so much. You've experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, and he's given you this fresh air. Like, it should change you. Now, please don't uh, mishear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we should be weird or strange or odd or that we should be judgmental or critical of other people, but we should be pretty excited about what Jesus did and how he did it, and now we have the Holy Spirit, and now we can live that out in our life, and we are not limited by any form or fashion anymore where God gives us that boldness and that ability, you can literally lay hands on sick people and God will heal them. Because of Jesus, you, you can do that. Like, I believe that. The question is, do you? And so it's not halfway. I mean, can you imagine if we were so in love with God that we just, we, we connected with him in, a, in an amazing way, that we felt his love, we felt his presence, and it was evident in every area of our life. It just our whole countenance experiencing him. I have another quote that I want to share with you that I found in reading through and doing some research, and, uh, it, and it's this. I'm going to walk you through it slowly. It says, as we become rooted and grounded in God's limitless love, we begin. Everybody say begin. As we become rooted and grounded in God's limitless love, we begin to comprehend his limitless love, which transforms our identity. And so this to me was just so profound, where if, I, if, I get, if, we, if we get dialed in and focused on the Lord and, and remove limits and, and go all in and go after him, we begin, like it's a glimpse, it's a portion, it's a small percentage to, to, to experience his limitless love, like that transforms us. We begin to experience that. And so I just want to encourage you with that because as a result of that, our identity is transformed. And that to me is worth going all in to go after him with passion. And then the last thing that we need to do is we need to develop an intimate friendship with him. And I get this from 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen. It says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And so here's what I want to share with you about that verse. I want to break it down a little bit. So this is a benediction. Uh, Paul, the apostle, was writing to the church in Corinthia, at Corinth, and, and he said, hey, this is the end of my book. This is the end of my letter. And so hey, I want you 
to, to, to have the grace of the Lord Jesus. I want you to have the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And so for me, like, I don't use the word fellowship. It, um, I, I use a, just kind of, a, kind of a more modern type word. Uh, you could substitute the word fellowship for friendship. Uh, but for me, I use the word hangout. Uh, like if I text one of my buddies, if I say, hey, I want to fellowship with you, they would be like, uh, no. Uh, but if I say, hey, let's hang out, you know, let, let's, go, let's go watch a movie, let's go grab some apps at the restaurant, you know, they would be like, okay, like I can do that, bro. And so to me, imagine this. What if we hung out with the Holy Spirit? Like we're connected in such a way that we're hanging out and just spending time with him. Let me give you another analogy. Uh, and I'll give this to you in the form of your, your phone. All of us, we love our phones, don't we? Uh, so, so many of us, I would even dare, dare say that all of us in this room have one of these. It's either in your pocket or it's in your purse, but you have it. And, and maybe it's in your lap because you've been scrolling through the last 30 minutes. Uh, so, but we have one of these. You look at it. The first thing that you look at in the morning is your phone. You, you, you check what's on it, it wakes you up, you, you, you check some of your posts. The last thing that you look at every day is your phone. So some of us, depending on the decade that we were born, we spend hours and hours looking at this every day. We're addicted to our phones, right? We stare at it. Some of you drive with it because I've driven by you and you're looking at your phone. It scares me to death, so please stop doing that. Okay, you stare at it. What if we equated our desire for the Holy Spirit and hanging out with the Holy Spirit with our phone? What if we spent as much time connected with the Holy Spirit as we did this device? And, and, and I'm good with phones. Like, in fact, I even nicknamed myself Studley in my phone. So when I say, hey, Studley, text Nicole and tell her that I love her. I'm, I'm sorry. Hey, Siri, tell Nicole that I love her. It will respond back, sure, Studley. I messed that joke up a little bit, but laugh anyway, because it's funny. So, hey, sure, Studley, no problem. Oh, no way. Siri just picked up on my iPad. That's funny. So how do you transition out of that? I don't know, but we'll try. So I just, just for fun, right, because we use phones all the time, and I think they're a great resource, but what if we knew the Holy Spirit better than our phone? Like, what if we go throughout our day and the Holy Spirit just kind of says, hey, you, you see that person over there? You see kind of how they, they just seem like down a little bit? You need to go talk to them and encourage them. Okay. Like, what, what, what if the Holy Spirit spoke so clearly to us where, where like you're in a conversation and it gets a little bit heated and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, I know that you want to say that, but you should not say that. That's good advice, right? Come on, married people, where are you at? Like, that's good advice. Don't, don't say that. And you go, okay. What if we're so dialed in to what he's saying to us that he's moving and breathing us? We're the sail. He's the wind. He's pushing us and leading us where he wants to. And we're filled up with this fresh air where he knows us. He knows the intimate most parts of us and who we are. The stuff that we love to tell people about and the, the stuff that we don't want anybody to know about. He knows all of it. And he says, you know what? Let's go. Let's go all in. And so I, to me, we should not take such a gift for granted. 
And so I want to encourage you to go all in, to dive in, to, to go for it, to, to relinquish some of your control, to let the fears subside and allow the Lord to do something amazing in you, in this service, in this moment, when you leave today, for the rest of today, for the rest of this week, that He would be what you experienced like never before. And so I'm going to pray for you to do that. And then if you are a person that you have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where you believe in Jesus, you've been water baptized, but I read in Acts chapter 1 and verse 5 through 8 that you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you go, I want that, I will be up here. At the end of the service, I would welcome you to come on up and I will pray over you. We'll talk if we need to. We'll talk through things and and I will lay hands on you for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, for you to have that fresh air if that's what you want and desire. But for some of you, if you're here in the audience or you're listening online and you need step one and that's to commit your life to Christ, then that's what we need to do right here in this moment. And in just a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. But for right now, if everybody here, if you could bow your head and close your eyes. Just nobody looking around because we don't want anybody to feel embarrassed or, or that anybody is just aware of you know, them. And because and this, this is an intimate moment between you and God. And so we want you to have this. And so if you're at the place in your life right now where you know you need to make a commitment to Jesus, right? That's just where you're at. You go, all that stuff about the Holy Spirit's great and amazing, but I need to surrender my life to the Lord today, right here, right now. What I would ask is in just a moment, I'm going to have you put your hand up, but I know that there's some of you as well where you need to make a recommitment to God, where maybe you, you prayed and you asked Jesus into your life before, but just things are not going right. You've gone in some wrong decisions. You've made some wrong choices and you know it. And so now the Lord is speaking over to you. Choose life, choose blessing. And so you need to recommit your life to Christ and you know it. So if I just described you where you need to make a commitment to follow Jesus and surrender to him or make a recommitment, just do me a favor. Go ahead and slip your hand up right now. Just all over the auditorium. Just go ahead and put it up. Yeah, I can see your hand. Go ahead and put it up. Don't put it up halfway. Like I, I got to be able to see it. Yeah, thank you so much. That's great. It's a big deal for all of us. You can go ahead and put your hands down. Thank you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray, and I just would ask that you would pray with me and pray this prayer because it says in Romans chapter 10 that if we believe in our heart that Jesus is God's son and he rose from the dead, that, our, that we will be saved. Because it's with our mouth that we confess and it's with our heart that we believe. And so right now, just pray along with me where you are in your seat. Just say, say something like, God, I know I need you. God, I know that you sent Jesus for me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross so that I could have you. Thank you for laying your life down and rising again. And right now, I put my faith in you. I surrender my life to you entirely and completely I want you to direct me in all things I'm so sorry for the things that I've done in the past but I pray that you would help me to be launched forward in you I want to live for you and Father for so many of us here in the auditorium God I pray that you would just pour out your Holy Spirit on us Lord that you would give us that breath of your air, of your wind, that you would breathe in us, that you would give us the wind of your spirit, that we wouldn't have to walk through life and feel stagnant and stale, but that we would be empowered. So God, would you do that in our life right now? Lord, we breathe it in. We breathe in your spirit. 
We breathe your air in, Lord. We declare this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and stand up and let's close with a song.